0: It's football and other F-words, NL draft, NFL draft, extravaganza, ultimate fest, 2023. I'm your host, Zach Lyons. You can follow me on Twitter at FWordsPod. You can go to stackingtheinbox.com. $4 a month will get you access to the new and improved, the one of its, only of its kind in the Nashville media market. A horizontal and vertical big board with 263 prospects. It is an extensive and very pretty, aesthetically pleasing on the eyes big board. And you can get my final mock draft, stackingtheinbox.com. And then, of course, uh, supposedly, and I did not fact check this, you wrote a 6,900-word article on my guys in the NFL draft at paulkarski.com. He said it may include the Twitter stuff, like the Twitter links so um it jury's out we may need a recount on this it's a very nice number and a very great article potkarski.com that's mike kerndon at mike kerndon nfl we got a lot to get to you get to you today because there's just so much to talk about and this may be in a little bit of a longer episode it's i know that's not like us we usually keep it short it's sweet we never go over and never go long but this this one may be a little bit longer it's an extravaganza fest um Bluegrass beverages are our sponsors. We'll talk a little bit more about them, but in the YouTube channel, in the Facebook channels, there is a link. I don't know how many uh tickets we have left. I think as of last night, it was like before I sent out an email to um the stack and in inbox subscribers. there was like five or four left, but forty dollars forty dollars gets you all you can eat, all you can drink. Drink a drive responsibly and make sure you have a designated driver or you have a little Lyft driver or Uber driver ride share. We'll get, we'll get you into an exclusive draft fest. Mike will be there. This is a very this is like a solar eclipse to get Mike out of the house. Mike will be there. Internet Keith will be there. Stoney Keeley will be there. And of course, Braden Gall and myself will be there as well. It's uh, it's we're gonna go live from there d- when the Titans are on the clock. Maybe they're on the clock at three. Who knows? And uh, we'll also give you instant analysis. There is a um uh, little contest to win you an expensive bottle of bourbon. All it is is forty dollars, and all the proceeds go to kids. Our kids. It's a charitable fundraiser that Braden uh really has strong ties to Bluegrass Beverages, Sinker Beverages. They're the same people, just two different locations. Come on. Free parking, by the way. All right, Mike. Nice. Woo! Let's start with Rand Carthon being a liar. And maybe that's a little harsh words, but can I cannot believe that he, in fr- on a microphone, said, we have not gotten any trade calls on Derrick Henry. Not only can I not believe that, I can't believe that media people that are respected media members are actually buying into it. And saying, hey, they told you. And then we got fans like, oh, all the bloggers, all the bloggers were wrong about this one. All the bloggers. I even had a guy quote tweet me and delete it. I know who you are, and I saw it. So just want to make sure that you know that. I was about to respond to you. Because there is smoke. There is fire. People have called on Derrick Henry.
1: Yes, absolutely. Like, I don't know how anyone doesn't believe or believes this idea that and and I did talk to um Cameron who I was talking to I've talked a lot this week uh somebody mentioned you know he said he didn't receive any calls on Derrick Henry but yeah. maybe he made calls on Derrick Henry maybe he was using semantics there to say uh, we we were doing all the calling uh on on the Derrick Henry stuff which would actually go Which a- fans around. which
0: ones do you want? we like which one do you want to hear fans? <laughs> <laughs> which would go along with the uh, Mike Silver report that that
1: Henry was being shopped at the at the combine. Look, I mean there there are way too many reports out there from respected national media people saying that Henry's available, saying that they're hearing about Henry being a subject of trade talks and things like that to to imagine that these people are all just making this up like that's just not how any of this works well it's Uh, the bloggers mike it's not
0: even the national media it's the bloggers that are getting the brunt of this like let's let's be honest here the bloggers your music city miracles your titan size your titan's wire uh ai or was it a sport uh si.com and all fan-sided stacking the inbox.com we're only reporting what the actual people have reported. Like, we're, it's not bloggers. Like, the guy goes, Ugh. well, he put the bloggers on blast. This is why I only listen to Teron Davenport. And that's not a slight at Teron Davenport, by the way. But in the end of the day, you should be listening to the national guys. The national guys get the bulk of the juicy gossip, like Diana Rossini. Obviously, we know where that's coming from. But don't don't come after the bloggers.
1: Yeah, it's um, it's absolutely crazy to me that that. And, and look, if you're one of these fans, and I called I called him out on Twitter already earlier this week because Buck did those polls, right? Of uh, are you know, are you buying the rumors about Ryan Tannehill? Or are you buying the rumors about Derrick Henry being traded? And like, it was like two thirds did not believe Henry was the Henry rumors, and two thirds did believe the Tannehill uh rumor. so it's like it's literally just i don't want to believe it so i'm gonna say <laughs> that it's fake news and exactly there's no difference between the Tannehill stuff and the henry stuff there is not like there, in fact it's there's it's been really been people there's been, been more, more on smoke henry on derrick henry and it's been more specific like all the Tannehill stuff is like worded as believed to be available or or things like that which is how i think fowler uh put it recently he was the most recent one to kind of throw oh, that out which there. we
0: said on the football show on monday uh no duh thank you right yeah <laughs> of course yeah he's available he's
1: going to be very available if the titans trade up and take a quarterback by the way uh in the first round and, and i could see like maybe the where that is coming from is the titans are calling around to other teams saying hey if we do trade up and take a quarterback and we want to move Tannehill, would you be interested And in what would you be willing to pay? You know, cause I could see them and, and I don't know, maybe not with Richardson, like, but it seems to me like Richardson is not one of the quarterbacks that they're really being connected to at this point. It seems to mostly be, most of the smoke is around Stroud. Most of the smoke is around Levis, which, you know, one of those, I really like one of those I'm not so crazy about. Um, but Anyways, i see. I think see them... I think
0: the smoke around Will Levis, by the way, is like the local media. We'll get into it a little bit later, is the local media really reading into stuff that's not there.
1: Really reaching for an SEC guy. Yeah. Um no, I so I think it's I don't know. I, I think both of those guys that they would view as like, all right, let's uh let's go get them in immediately. Like, like let's play this guy, not we're gonna sit him for a year and all like I think right. Straub's ready to play. I think Levis for all of his faults and you know, I don't know if he'll be good. Um, I think he would be pretty much ready to go play early. I I think what you would be
0: doing is saying that hey, we're willing to take our bumps and bruises with the quarterback like Will Levis or Anthony Richardson if it means we net draft picks in this particular draft. Yeah. And get money off our books.
1: Yeah, exactly. So I, I think I think if they were to land one of those two guys, I do think you see them try to move Tannehill actively and, and it may be a deal where like look you have to eat a little bit of cap you know or have to eat some of his salary in uh you know in the deal to to get it done which the titans should be fine with because they're still gonna save net money overall um and if it gets them a draft pick back i think that's a, a fair trade um if they needed to do that if it was a team say like i think washington still makes sense um, because I still don't necessarily buy this Howell thing, even though I know there's reports out this morning, you know, doubling down on that Howell's their guy I, and all this.
0: I mean, if you're doubling down on it on draft day, like in my opinion, if you're doubling down on something like that on the morning of the draft or on the eve of the draft, I guess, if you were told, yes, you told your reporter yesterday, that is an obvious lie. Like that is such an obvious <laughs> smoke screen, right?
1: Yeah. I, I mean, I definitely could see it. And there have there has been, you I know, think
0: they want Hinden Hooker. That's I can what see I that. I can see that. But and I don't think they want people to trade up in front of them.
1: You know, somebody's going to end up walking out of this draft without a quarterback, and maybe you know, especially if it's a team like like Washington, who has a pretty good like roster other than quarterback at this point. Why would you not want to grab Tannehill and and try him out for a year? And if it doesn't work, then you're going to be drafting high in a good quarterback class next year. Or if it does work, you know, you could extend him and let him be the quarterback for a few more years i think tannehill puts the commanders in the playoffs this year right, right? like if, if if he ended up on the commanders i think they it's are tough a division,
0: but i think it would be pretty good yeah i think well, it'd be pretty good
1: but the conference sucks so i think yeah you can get three in from the nfc
0: oh yeah i guess that's true um just just while we're on the topic of of draft stuff because this is the ultimate nfl draft mega extravaganza fest extravaganza uh, Will Anderson Jr. just moved up to minus three twenty to be the number two overall pick in FanDuel, so mm. big jump there. Okay, so mm. we both we both dismissed this notion that Derrick Henry had that basically Carthon is either choosing his words carefully or just I, what I think, Mike, is that he is sticking to it's a, it's a very hard line for him he is not going to cross over a line and do negotiations in public and i think that's ultimately what it is he's taking trade calls but he doesn't want derrick henry to know that he's taking taking trade he doesn't want to put it out in the media he's doing it because he does not want to negotiate in the media that's that's how i feel about it whether that's just stupid or not you know that's maybe it's just how he's always going to be he's always going to deny stuff but just remember john robinson and mike vrabel Leading into the draft, both denied AJ Brown trade rumors, and AJ Brown's gonna be tight. So, this yeah. idea that you're all as of a sudden gonna believe, in, listen, general managers lie to you all the time, and yes. maybe maybe it's not a lie as much as a fib or or uh, you know, a dance around the word usage, but they'll they'll believe it. I, I zero percent believability from me yeah. that there was no been no trade talks.
1: Honestly, the whole press conference from Carthon, I I was like, I mean, the one thing that I think you could actually take is legit truth out of it was that he owned up to asking Bayard for a pay cut. Um, And that is the one thing that I'm like, okay, that's probably true. Cause why else would he say that? You know, you don't say that unless it it, it would be true. But everything else, I'm just not buying. I think he was saying a lot of words to say as little as possible. And I, you know, he's not going to. Go out here and tell you anything about what he's actually thinking heading into the draft. Like he knows other teams are going to watch these press conferences and try to see if there's any tells in there and everything like that. These guys are all like super paranoid about their their plans getting out and you know smoke screens on smoke screens getting out in the media and all this stuff. I just don't. I, the idea that he's going to come out and tip his hand on who his quarterback preference is or anything else for that matter in this press conference two days before the draft or a week before the draft, whatever, whenever it was, uh it's just utter nonsense. It's ridiculous. I,
0: I will say, I thought two things were interesting. And one of them sparked my big board was how they build their big board horizontally and vertically. And we've seen yeah, yeah, yeah. these big boards in the back of draft rooms that are built by position and rounds and they're, they're but they're not built like any other big board in the media. So I was like, well, fuck it. Why can't anybody do this the the right way? If you want to be accurate, and maybe my assessment of players isn't accurate, but I'm going to at least build a big board that way. It was a fun little exercise, and I'll build upon that as it goes. Um, and then how he doesn't... U- he talked about he didn't have much experience with the S2 testing, which I thought was a little odd that he said that, but maybe he just had the data. He didn't have experience as much as he's getting now with the general so, major position. But he well, also – go ahead. The
1: thing is, San Francisco, and this is commonly misperceived now because of the athletic thing on Brock Purdy and all this, the 49ers were not – they are not oh, an S2 subscriber.
0: I did not know no. that. That's the first I'm, I'm hearing about that.
1: Yeah, I I confirmed that with the, the S2 okay. guy himself. They were not – they they happened to draft Purdy, um, and it turned out gotcha. like that was – but that was not the reason that they picked oh, Purdy. Um, interesting. So – that's something that's been commonly misconstrued out there, but yeah, they, this, he is new to this S2 gotcha. data, but he said, uh, the guy from S2 actually said he met Carthon. Um, he had only met him for the first time, like pretty gotcha. recently after he got hired and he, he really gotcha. likes him for what it's worth. thinks he's going to bring a lot more of this analytics bent to the Times, which we're already seeing, like, we're, right. it's part of, I mean, what obviously, with SPXS, yeah. Um, but, yeah, that is something that he – I think he was being truthful about that that's new yeah. to him.
0: Well, I, I just thought that is interesting, but the, now it's even more interesting. But the, the part of that that I've really found interesting is that he put a real emphasis that it's not just for the quarterbacks, which we've known and we have talked about it. Um, I've t- we talked about Trent McDuffie and what it could do for quarterbacks and stuff. But I thought that was really interesting that I do think S2 is going to have some sway in the war room and when the scouting process but i don't know how much yet but i did i did find all that interesting uh that he said that but speaking of s2 speaking of smokescreen speaking of public relations tour good lord that guy has was busy and i got a lot i want to talk about with s2 with cj stroud a conspiracy theory and all that kind of stuff but i want to start with s2 pay your public relations firm and your lawyers a little bit extra Christmas bonus early because (laughs) this guy is, has got the general public now dismissing every score, everything about all these scores. I mean, the general public. And, and it's, it's masterful. It's masterful work from a guy who admires marketing, public relations, negotiations, all this kind of stuff. It's masterful work because it's funny because the very first one, the one that everybody shares is the grain of salt take, right? Yeah. Let's be honest, though. There were no conversations when that video came out about C.J. Stroud. It was about no, Will Levis. his
1: name wasn't specifically mentioned, but he did say all of the guys in the conversation or all but of the he, top That's what guys I'm saying. He,
0: was, he didn't say top guys at all. So let's first say that. He said all the quarterbacks in the conversation. Yeah, it was in the conversation. That, the thing is is that cj stroud was not in the this s2 conversation up until that point it was anthony richardson will levis and um bryce young and he said you gotta take those reports with a grain of salt and i believe he's alluding to anthony richardson who at the time we did not know his score but it was being said that he tested very good and technically tested below the 80 percent threshold which is basically their average is their is there Mendoza line, so yeah. I think that's what he was referring to. Then, of course, C.J. Stroud's gets score gets leaked. Finally, breath of fresh air. I mean, like, been holding that in for forever, and it's everybody keeps saying, "Well, one scout said that you got to hate team." No, multiple sources confirmed in the article that C.J. Stroud score and Bryce and Bryce Young score, and then he only had one guy go on record talk about the score. So we gotta make sure we clarify that. Okay. That's Bob McGinn's article. And then in the uh, article by uh, Bruce Feldman, a quarterback coach specifically brought it up. Now, here's the thing. He goes on to the Pat McAfee show, and he alludes that two scores are inaccurate. He didn't say which two scores were inaccurate. Could, what if it What if it was... We know that we think one is Hendon Hooker, and we'll talk about that in a minute, that... May have been an old score and inaccurate, but he didn't say he was inaccurate in a bad way or a good way. They just inaccurate, right? So it could have been like uh, Jaron Hall's score was probably a little bit lower, and we don't know how much accurate masterful work. So everybody just assumes it's CJ Stroud. I think it's a safe assumption that maybe I think like 80% CJ Stroud, but are we really talking about like is it a difference from 18 to 19, 18 to 20, 18 to 40? Or is it 18 to 80? You know what I'm saying? Like, we don't know.
1: And I think the other thing that's not totally clear, and I think he mentions this as well, is that there are multiple different tests. And we don't know whether there's There's a score on a specific test or his composite score or what that was. So it's, it's entirely possible that what's got out there is his score on one of the Nine right. tests or whatever, and I, I
0: was going to bring that up in in all fairness that yeah. that would that'd be the case, but the, also the case is that we know that he scored bad. Maybe it's not eighteen bad, but we know it wasn't good. Yeah, it wasn't
1: one of the ninety something guys, which yeah. there are a lot. Ninety something guys, I, by the if, way. If if, from the reports,
0: by the way, the quarterback coaches and everybody said bad. He even said that he doesn't test well, and his like attitude and answer surrounding the S two test was not very good. But he even knows he didn't test well. He said that on uh, to, in a Jim Wyatt uh, media scrum yesterday. So we know he just didn't test well. We know it's not near the threshold. It's not, the, the threshold. Sure. It's not great. not 80 plus, yeah. If it's not 18, you know, if and it's like 25 or 35 or 45, whatever Hinton Hooker got. But he did allude, and this is the one that I found funny that people thought he was talking about C.J. Stroud. He says one of the guys talking about context one of the guys um, scored better his second time around because his first time he was rushing because, due to travel for an um, all-star game, and he tested poorly. He was tired. He was hungry, and he tested poorly, and I talked about this, that sometimes you just wake up and you just don't feel like taking a test. I talked about this on Monday on Chase and Michelle. Sometimes you just don't got it, and that sounds like is that. CJ Stroud playing in an all-star game. The only score that has been out that is bad that is tied to an all-star game attendee is Hendon Hooker, who went to the senior bowl. He didn't play, but he was there all week. He traveled and did all that kind of stuff, did media work and all that kind of stuff. And apparently he tested better, and that 40 score is an old score. So we know that at least Hendon Hooker probably tested better than his 40-something score. What's interesting is that. Obviously, they just want to they want this to go away. The guy uh, what's is his name Brandon?
1: Uh, Brandon Ally. yeah,
0: Brandon Ally was on Robbie and Rex Road, and he says, we prefer to stay under the radar. They don't want this out. They want to kill all no. these rumors, and they want to go back under the radar because their
1: business model is mm-hmm. that they contract with half the teams in the NFL and provide the data and and help them, you know, do custom test or you know develop things you know that they can do for them so they partner with half the nfl and it's an exclusive agreement like they they will only do two teams per division that they partner with the titans and colts are the two teams in the afc south so the jaguars and texans cannot uh sign up with them they cannot get this data anything like that so when this shit gets out in the media it is bad for business for them because it is hurting the people that are paying to partner with them and get this data because it's giving it to all these other teams, right? I mean, and it is smart of them to plant seeds of doubt into what gets reported about the S2 scores uh, so that the other teams aren't just sitting there going, well, I don't have to pay for the data. It's just going to leak out there anyways, and then we'll have it, you know? So um, I think it's very smart of them how they're approaching it. And yeah, and yeah they do want to stay off the radar and not be like, they don't want this to be like in every year we end up knowing all of the S2 scores for all of the quarterbacks kind of thing. Like they, they don't want that. And
0: yeah, well, and, cause they want to get paid, you know, like yeah. it makes sense. It makes perfect sense. And then it can corrupt data. Then you got people, you know, maybe purposely throwing tests, which we'll get into here in just a second. But all in all, all this to say that we know that CJ Stroud scores bad. We just don't know how bad it was. And we know it's probably, probably bottom tier in this particular draft. Okay. I just wanted to, I wanted to clarify what everybody is missing in these comments and stuff. Okay. Before we get to our conspiracy theory, which is the greatest conspiracy theory known to man. Um, I want to talk about, I want to do, I'll drink to that. Now it's literally early in the morning. I've had a hectic morning. I didn't get to make my bloody Mary with my Tito's vodka that I bought from bluegrass beverages in Hendersonville, Tennessee. Go join the in club in in crowd club. So you get a uh, advance notice on all the special bourbons, all the special liquors. And that's where you're even going to be buying the tickets. If you need to go get a ticket real quick, that's where you're going to be buying the tickets. So Bluegrass Beverages in Hendersonville, sister store, brother store, whatever they call it, down in East Nashville, which is, um, holy crap, a, uh, Sinkers Beverages, so just like blanked <laughs> on me. So we do our segment. I'll drink to that. And I'm finally going to be able to drink. And I'll drink to that. Aaron Rodgers is officially it's done. For one year, we don't have to hear about Aaron Rodgers whether he's going or staying to the Jets. Now we just we have to wait till next year to see if he's retiring or not. But it's finally over. Our national nightmare is over. I'll drink to that.
1: I'll drink to that as well. That's a uh uh Yeah, I'm so ready to not have to think about or talk about Rodgers for a minute. Although, as soon as he shows up at Jets training camp, it's going to be live from Jets training camp uh, for the next month. Um, But anyways, uh, mine this week will be uh, to the draft being here. I absolutely love the NFL draft. It's one of my favorite weekends of the year. Um, I am super excited for this one specifically because... Rand carthon has done a masterful job of floating everything fucking out there they they have been reportedly connected to you know these wide receivers they've been connected to these offensive linemen they've been connected to uh at one point they were gonna take a edge rusher right like matt miller had that thing of watch out for them with the edge rushers um they've traded they've been trading up they've been trading down they've been sticking at 11 like all things are on the table. There's been smoke out there in every direction. It's kind of the opposite approach of uh, John Robinson, who nothing got out. Everything gets out like everything's out, but it's all just like, I guess it's if one thing gets out, it it can't affect anything because there's been 10 other things out there. Um, so I think he's done a great job of keeping everyone guessing. And Jim Wyatt did the roundup of i think it was 120 people he polled i think you and i were both uh part of that um as to who they thought the titans were going to take and there were 15 different players selected and they're only picking at 11 so it's uh it's clear that nobody has any clue what's what's actually going to happen which is exciting i cannot wait to see like from pick basically from pick two on it's going to be like pins and needles just waiting to see if the you know the the trade uh, you know, emblem comes up on the screen and you know, who is it? Who's moving? Every, you know, all it's going
0: to be like audible gas. Everybody's going to go silent uh, waiting. I like, I breath. can't wait.
1: The whole top 10 is just going to be like, like heart palpitations with every pick trying to see who's falling. You know, it's, it's so exciting because this could be a, a franchise changing draft for the Titans, right? Like you could have a franchise quarterback. You could have like, you know, the best wide receiver in the draft. Like, there's all these different permutations and, and directions that this could go. And I'm just super excited to see it play out and get some answers to get some answers finally on like what this is going to be. So that's I'll my, I'll agree to, that. I'll agree to that.
0: Speaking of Diana Rossini just tweeted out, I'm told the Arizona Cardinals are currently mulling trade offers for multiple teams interested in moving to number three overall. So we may not even have to wait to the draft tonight to find out who's moving up to number three.
1: Just interesting. I, I I feel like training up to three with all of the sur- uh, the interest in like nobody I'm knows with what the Texans you. are doing. I I just don't think you could do it. I, I I don't think I could do it, not knowing that your guy's really going to be there. Like I mean, unless it's I think I you guess have guess to be
0: comfortable with the top three guys, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, you would have to be comfortable with at least two of the non young uh, yeah. quarterbacks, because right. I mean, young is clearly not going to be available. But um. I mean, in all the smoke seems to be that, like, I don't know, Richardson, to me, like, the highest he could possibly go would be Seattle at five is what it seems like right now. Um, and I don't know. I I just – I can't see a team trading up to three not knowing what the Texans are going to do. And well, then the but Texans what if the Texans draft Levis Will Levis? Shroud.
0: Yeah, what if the Texans take Will Levis? Because then right. you got the Colts. Then the Colts are going to want to jump in. Because I think the Colts are staying pat. Like, I don't yeah. think they're trading up. So – but if the texas take will levis now there's one extra team into the fray that's yeah. kind of how i look at it
1: yeah i mean it's i i don't think i don't think you could do it now maybe the cardinals are putting pressure on teams to go ahead and and maybe they want to make a deal now for some reason i i kind of feel like they could possibly get more when they when or they maybe go on this is box. just
0: the cardinals trying to drive up the price cuz they know it's not looking good right now it could be that
1: too uh it could be that too it, okay. it, that's what that's what makes it this so fun is yeah. that there's so many things that could be happening right now
0: speaking of fun i was going to try and play the clip of this conspiracy theory that jared stillman put out but it was like a 10 minute clip so i just got the cliff notes for everybody this is the greatest conspiracy theory of all time, and if this is, I it's it's so good that it's wild, but the way he lay lays it out, it's kind of like, okay, I could believe some of this. Like I could kind of attach myself to a little bit of this and allow myself to to believe it. To it, okay, this is a conspiracy theory. So we're gonna go all the way back to the combine. This is a conspiracy theory about why CJ Stroud is falling in the public eye. We're going to go all the way back to the combine. We know that the Titans, according to Teron, Daven- De- Teron Davenport, like him a lot, but feel it may be too expensive to go up to number three. Okay. He had then goes on at the combine to have an un- unbelievable passing workout, A++++. plus. I mean, everybody's talking about it. And after the combine, Stroud, in turn, turns into the consensus number one pick For weeks that he's going to be the number one pick, that he is the Panthers pick. Then the Titans sent roughly seven people to Ohio State University. Uh, We know that uh, Tim Kelly's there, Mike Vrabel's there, Rand Carthen was there. Uh, A lot of people went. And we know then that McShay says that Mike Vrabel came over and said, hey, hit the showers and let's have a meeting in the wide receiver room. And we know that, according to Carthon, Mike Vrabel and Tim Kelly were in that meeting. At that meeting, here's where the conspiracy theory starts. He goes in there and he says, hey, Mike Vrabel does, he says, hey, that organization over at the Carolina Panthers is kind of wacky. All right, you don't want to go over there. Their owner's a little weird. Their GM probably is going to get rid of you pretty quickly. They don't know what they're doing. And Frank Wright, great guy. Have dinner with his, him and his wife all the time. We couples date down in uh, the Appalachian Mountains, you know, Pigeon Forge on the weekends. We share we share a hot tub. We're great friends. But he's not that good of a coach. Did you see what he's done over at the Indianapolis Colts and he just got fired? He's not that good of a coach. So... Then you got the Texan CJ and Nick Casario. He's a freaking weirdo. I know him. I don't. He's I mean, he's nice, but he's just, he's odd. And you know, I've been around in that organization a while. I played against that organization. Do you really want to be associated with an organization that allowed a lot of a lot of women to be uh, sexually harassed and facilitated? You don't want to be part of that. It's a lot of drama. And your agent and the, their representation, they don't get along. You don't want to get into all that later on. The Raiders? Come on. Josh McDaniels? I mean, we know about Josh McDaniels. We know about Mark Davis. No, we're not doing that. So... Let's do this. It may cost you a little bit of money, CJ, but we're going to devise a plan. I got my good friend Ryan Day here. We're going to devise a plan, and we're going to have you tank your draft stop, but don't worry. You're coming to the best place for you. Ryan Day will back me up here. This is the best place for you. We'll set you up for success. We got a lot of cap space. Our GM loves you. We know how to develop a quarterback. You can see what Tim Kelly has done, what Charles London's done. We're going to take good care of it. Okay. So then you hear last Thursday, Diana Rossini say, "The Titan, my sense or the Titans would be willing aren't, would not be willing to trade all the way up to number three, But I know that they're in the business of getting one, getting one of these quarterbacks. Then Brugler says, between two and six, and they, they don't want anything because they think that maybe three is too rich and it's not a smoke screen, but anywhere in two and six, they've been making trade calls. It's not a smoke screen. Then we know that C.J. Stroud tanks his S2 test, which we've already covered ad nauseum at this point. So what's interesting, though, is that two weeks ago, McLean definitively said that the Houston Texans are taking C.J. Stroud. Now, one week later, after the visits and after the meetings with C.J. Stroud and after the S2 score, McLean says they've soured on C.J. Stroud. C.J. Stroud tanked that interview. Now, think about with the Panthers. After C.J. Stroud met with the Panthers, Bryce Young became the consensus number one overall pick on all the betting boards. C.J. Stroud, take that interview. And then after the Raiders, he goes and visits the Raiders, who Mike Lombardi's son, uh, I don't remember his name, but he's last name Lombardi. I keep wanting to say Joe, but it's not Joe. It's Mick? Maybe Mick Lombardi or something yeah, like that. But either way, he's the offensive coordinator for the Raiders. So after C.J. Stroud meets with the Raiders, that's when Mike Labarty goes on the air and says, he's not an easy guy to coach from what I've heard. He thinks he knows better. The vibe's just off. Well, he probably heard that from his son who put him up on the whiteboard and didn't didn't like the interview. He tanked that interview. All that to say that C.J. Stroud yesterday, talking to Jim Wyatt, has says that Vrabel's been checking on C.J. Stroud every day since the pro day, been checking in a lot hmm maybe it's because he's trying to keep the tank going and making sure the plan is going on that everybody's on the same page so i have completely bought in on this conspiracy theory and i know that's a long-winded conspiracy theory but it kind of could make sense
1: it kind of kind of works and look um mike Vrabel clearly has the connection with ohio state he has the connection with ryan day who is his Initial first pick to be offensive coordinator, I know we talk, we've talked, we talked about that a lot on this podcast over the years, but for some of the newer listeners, um, that's something that I don't think gets brought up enough, um, is that when Mike Vrabel was initially hired, his first offer to be the offensive coordinator was actually Ryan Day, not Matt LaFleur. Um, so there's clearly a large amount of respect going both ways there. And to me, I could certainly see the scenario where Day has told Stroud, look, you want to end up with the Titans. You want to end up with the Titans because Vrabel's going to take care of you. Vrabel can coach. You plus Vrabel would be a very dangerous combination in the AFC. And look, Mike Vrabel with the franchise quarterback would be an extremely dangerous uh, combination for the rest of the AFC. So – I think there is a scenario where maybe he's angling to get to Tennessee somewhere or another, and he knows it's possible. Because look, I wouldn't want to go to Houston either. Like, look what has happened with that franchise over ever since Cal McNair took over, basically, right? Like since since uh, uh, the old man died and everything, and the, the son took over, it's been like succession. Yeah, this is, Cal McNair is is like Churchy Kendall Roy. Um, he is a fuck up. He is going to mess everything up and uh everything that you can go wrong or that he can do wrong he will so uh turkey kendall roy down in houston i wouldn't want to be any part of that franchise either um you know the panthers I, you know, maybe but they uh they aren't exactly um proven they haven't proven anything near what mike brable and the titans have over the last you know six years now so um i could see them saying look it doesn't really matter where you go. Like, it's a little bit of money different, sure, but the real money's in the second contract. And if you go to a team that is coached well and will be good around you, um, you know, that would be the, that's the, that's where you're going to make your money is is go to that team. Um, and so I think the Titans could be that team for CJ Stroud.
0: I and feel was, like but, that conspiracy yeah, I I theory is chef's kiss. And it doesn't change my opinion about like the outlook of CJ Stroud's career, but it does change my opinion that, I think the CJ Stroud is going to be Tennessee tight.
1: I think they want him. I, I think they've wanted him all along. I think when Teron Davin report, I, Davenport yeah. reported that back months and months ago, that that was true and that, that they have had eyes on Stroud the entire time. That this is – everything else that has come out between then and now is smokescreen and misdirection and everything else because I think they wanted Stroud the entire time. And, and wasn't – am I wrong in that – no, because Carthon did go to Levis, too, didn't he? As far as yeah. pro day, I was trying. I yeah, was trying I thought to...
0: he didn't go to the Florida one, which I thought was weird. That was something yeah. that nobody's talked well, about. I thought Carthon, Carthon went
1: to Florida, but, That's, but he Vrabel said went he to didn't. Tennessee.
0: Or is, he said he didn't go to Florida, Carthon. Okay. Was he speci- okay. It didn't sound like he was talking to Vrabel. I meant Ooh. to go back and listen to that, but he specifically said that he went to himself. It sounded like what he was saying, that he himself went to Ohio State Kentucky and didn't go to Florida. I know Which I he thought went, was odd.
1: I know he went to Ohio State and Kentucky, and Brabel was at Ohio State and Kentucky. That was the only two that they were both at. Um, so I think that's that's telling. And look, everyone for some reason, like the idea that he didn't take a top 30 visit here was telling. Like they don't need a top 30 visit. If they were already convinced that they were in on Stroud. they've been been texting each
0: other they don't need a top 30 visit
1: they saw him at his pro day they had a private meeting in the wide receiver room during his pro day apparently um they probably didn't feel like they needed a top 30 visit and if they could keep other teams off their scent by saying you know hey we're interested in levis we're interested in richardson we're gonna bring these guys in and you know ignore stroud or whatever like I don't think they needed a top 30 visit with, with Stroud. There's not a medical check to be done with him. Like, he's not had any injury issues at
0: Ohio State. And sometimes people get drafted and did not take a top 30 visit. Like, that oh, like, all the time. I, I feel year, like people year. are really, really. Listen, San Francisco takes about, uh, on average, 2.5 players, two players. Okay, let me rephrase that. It's like 40 something percent. I wrote about it at stackininbox.com. of the players drafted from 2017 to 2022 were visits of some kind. And if you take that 40% number, whatever it was, and multiply that against six draft picks, which Tennessee Titans have, that puts you at two to three players. Does not mean every player is going to be a top 30 visit. It may be less than that. There may be guys that you don't see that we didn't even know about. There may be guys they draft that weren't on the list that they end up uh, taking, and they actually did visit. We don't know. Do not like go full on. Well, they can. Oh, they've only visited with these. These are all, the only the guys. Like, do you, I do find the JSN one not? I do find that one suspicious because you. I would think you would want the medicals unless they got advanced, yeah. unless they got really good records from Ohio State or whoever or it the is. Combine, yeah, yeah, or the combine. I mean, they would have
1: had the check at the combine. Yeah, not you know. Certain teams check certain players at the combine, so it, I don't know if the Titans' medical staff maybe checked JSN uh, specifically at the combine, and they didn't feel like they needed to do a recheck because of that. Um, but that's that is the way that that works. You know, the teams will send their medical staff, and then all the teams are doing checks, but they have to share the reports with the rest of the NFL. So every team gets the report from the combine. But your specific medical staff may have not seen that player. Um, so that's why a lot of times, if there are question marks in the other reports, teams will bring them in to get their own medical staff to get a check on them for a the top 30 visit. So I do think the JSN thing, it seems like, and this is just reading the tea leaves on that, seems like they're maybe not as high as J on JSN is. You and I are certainly and is what most people are. I get the this weird feeling with Zay Flowers because we've heard that name a couple of times. What I just wasn't about
0: to talk about Zay um, Flowers.
1: I get this weird feeling that he might be their top ranked wide receiver on their board, um, which isn't like totally crazy. Like it, I it depends don't on where he matches
0: though horizontally, right? Like if yeah. Zay Flowers is your number one wide receiver on your board, but you have him as your number two overall. You know, draft you draft guy in the draft, something's yeah. flawed.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I I I like Zay Flowers a lot. I understand the size concerns and all that, but um,
0: is, is, does at he at eleven him faster,
1: more explosive? Absolutely. Like, um, I, I I think he's a reach at eleven. Not. I feel like you're just reach.
0: setting yourself up for Corey Davis, right? Like, we're all going to be talking in a few mm-hmm. years that oh, Zay Flowers was good, but he never really lived up to number eleven.
1: I don't know. I, I possible, um, possible. He would have to be really, really good to live up to eleven. I mean, I, I'll yeah. say that he needs to be like a Pro Bowl level wide receiver, uh, which is
0: highly unlikely. Like, I, I get, I, I really do. And we'll kind of let's let's kind of mix a couple different things here. So I want to get into like some some fun, crazy rumors, fun rumors and crazy rumors and crazy mock drafts, fun mock drafts, all that kind of stuff. And this idea, first off, Daniel Jer. Yeah, as Daniel Jeremiah's mock draft that came out last night, his final mock draft, is the most widely panned mock draft I've seen among a bunch of teams. You had the Bengals mad, you had the Saints mad, Cowboys mad. I mean, like, all of these teams are just mad because it's ridiculous. And Zay Flowers at 11, bar none, is a ridiculous draft pick. It is a draft pick, and he will never live up to that standard of that 1.11 because it's just... He would have to be the extreme outlier. It's like Brennan Cooks was the first outlier. I mean, maybe it's yeah. time for another Brennan Cooks, but He's I don't not, know.
1: Cooks isn't the first. I mean, like Antonio Brown was that size. Um, T.Y. Hilton was that size. Steve Smith was that size. Steve Smith was a little thicker. But yeah, I do see Steve, some Steve like.
0: Smith is way more physical on tape than anything that Zay Flowers I don't
1: help. I don't know about that, that I actually kind of think Steve Smith isn't a bad comp for Zay Flowers because is a dog like he is uh, I think he's physical Zay is
0: not mind. is not a dog there is oh, no dog absolutely. in that fight absolutely and listen he T. Y Hilton round three pick 92. Like there's a difference yeah, yeah. between but, round three you wouldn't draft T. Y Hilton in the first round.
1: I mean I guess you probably I mean obviously you wouldn't back then but you know, you knowing see. what you know about him now, you would take him in the first round the way. He oh no it, way. That yeah. one
0: point. Yeah. Well, maybe like 1.20, but not like 1.11. Like you're not drafting him as the 11th best player yeah. in that draft class.
1: He was a four time pro bowler who had some pretty monster seasons there. Um, I don't know. I, I think I'm not totally sold on flowers. I would have him as like a late round one kind of guy. I think he is a first round pick. Um, but he's not like I have him and Marvin Mims kind of like to me are the same. Um, I think he's a little bit more fit. I see it, The thing is, I think he's more physical than Mims. Um, say I
0: disagree. I think, but, is more they,
1: physical. but they bring different, I think they bring a lot of the same things to the table. They've got the great vertical speed. They're, uh, really good down the field ball trackers. They're able to make these spectacular catches and traffic. Um, and they, they, I think Flowers offers more after the catch than Mims does. Mims is kind of just a, you know, find a soft spot and fall down kind of guy. He's more of a Tyler Lockett. Um, whereas I think Flowers gives you a little bit more, um, run after catch ability. So I I don't know. Flowers is very, okay.
0: I he's think a very this, good player. I think all this hype is agent stuff. Like I think all mm-hmm. this is Flowers going in round one because, uh, heard through the grapevine that, uh, His his agents are pumping him up pretty good and, and, you know, want people to trade up for him, and they want Zay Flowers to go top 10. Like, you know, come on. We got to be realistic here. That JSN is the clear on film, on the computer spreadsheets, whatever you want to look at, is the clear number one. And for the Titans to pass on JSN for Zay Flowers is insanity. And that's for any team. It's not just the Tennessee Titans. It's for any team. Like, I've I've always thought that in this draft, there's probably going to be two wide receivers taken. Now, my mock draft first? does not reflect that in the first. And oh, I thought no, that there's going to be more than that. There's I thought that be... Zay Flowers would be the second one, but yeah. I just don't think they're going to be drafted high. Now they got Zay Flowers going at 11. If you trade back to the 20s and they take Zay Flowers, I'm fine with that. You still got to walk away with a number, another wide receiver in this draft. Like, J.S.N., if you drafted JSN as your only wide receiver, I would be kind of okay with it. I think it's a bad strategy, but I would be okay with it. Zay Flowers, you've got to have someone. because I, I cannot trust that he is going to be a guy on the outside. I just can't do it. Yeah, I mean, I think...
1: I I, like, you don't have to convince me on the JSN thing. I'm like uh, all, all in on JSN. And look, I'd still be thrilled if they took him at 11, even though like, I mean, who knows what will happen with Stroud and all that and what the price tag would be to move up and all those variables. But assuming Stroud is not an option, JSN's still my top choice. Like as far as like a guy at 11 that would immediately make this team better, would get the best out of Ryan Tannehill and would give you a chance to actually be competitive this year. I think, I think JSN gives you the most, if you want to be good in, in 2023, I think JSN, it gives you the best chance to do that out of all the players that will be available, uh, at pick 11. Now, long-term, I think, I still think getting the quarterback makes the biggest difference long-term, but, um,
0: I, I fully agree by the way. I, to me, my big board ranks, uh, That I view in the Titans head as well, sort of, is like I kind of had a tiebreaker where I'm like, well, the Titans are probably going to like this guy better. But Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, Anthony Richardson. Then you go like Jalen Carter, Will Anderson, because it goes horizontal, right? So you'd go those guys if they fail. And then like probably Paris Johnson Jr. is higher than JSN on their big board. Ultimately, I would take JSN all day long, but not over one of those top three quarterbacks.
1: Yeah. Um. No, I I would agree. Um. I would agree with that. So I I think it's yeah the flowers thing to me like I had him as like one of my guys, but as a trade back like that yeah. I would be like if you move back to seventeen, I'd be perfectly comfortable with him at seventeen, assuming JSN's off the board. Um. <sighs> you know, if you trade back into high, the 20, but,
0: you know, it's, you it's know, 17.
1: even better, but um. I'm yeah, just not I mean, form
0: at 1.11. And even if you move back to like 1.13 or 1.15 with the Packers, it just depends on if JSN is still there. Like who's, who's on the board? Like to me, Zay Flowers, I have him particularly, I think as a wide receiver three or wide receiver four in this draft class. And maybe I'm a little too low, but I think everybody's kind of just kind of forgotten about Jordan Addison. He's kind of got like, I'm thinking NFL-wise. I don't want Jordan Addison on this team, but I think NFL-wise is probably going to be a little bit higher on Jordan Addison and Quentin Johnson than people want them to be. It just feels like – a he, it's like Shea Sin, and then it's everybody else, and then there's another tier and another tier, but it's like a wide yeah. gap between everybody for me. I, I already agree. He I... And you don't take that guy at 1.11. Okay, here's a trade rumor that I heard that I've kind of bought in, and I kind of like it. The Arizona Cardinals have $20 million in cap space. Okay. They have DeAndre Hopkins, who they want gone, or he wants out, supposedly. Mm -hmm. The Titans want number three to go get their quarterback of the future. A DeAndre Hopkins-Ryan Tannehill pick trade, where because Kyler Murray is probably going to miss six to seven games of the season, they have a guy that can... they they're basically buying an expensive fill-in but they're getting rid of a wide receiver they don't like. Monty Austin Ford gets a quarterback to to you know keep this team afloat. They only have to move down a few spots. It kind of works. Kind of works. Yeah. I like it. I like it.
1: It's it's interesting. Um I'm trying to think so what's Kyler what's Kyler's contract though? Cuz it's he's got they don't really have an out after next year either. Do they? No, but no. you only
0: need one year, right? He's only yeah. his cap number is only yeah. sixteen million. Meanwhile, the cap number for DeAndre Hopkins is twenty nine. Yeah. So, if you cut him, you get almost everything you need from the Ryan Tannehill trade. I don't know, just because. Because I mean, it worked out.
1: I don't see. Um, I mean, I kind of. I wonder what the motivation for the Cardinals is at this point, right? Like because everything about them kind of feels to me like they're almost just admitting that the season's a wash and they're kind of willing to take a down year, see what happens. And
0: maybe I'm know. just saying, I just kind of liked it. I kind of liked it. I was like, yeah. Oh, I haven't really seen that one yet. And I, I kind of yeah. like it floating out there. Uh, Marlon Anderson asks, is there any more sinkers tickets trying to bring a couple of homies through? Uh, there are, uh, a handful left. I don't know how many. So, Marlon, you're on YouTube watching this in the description of this video. You can go click the link and buy the tickets for him. Okay. So, speaking of that, or speaking of uh, the draft party and everything, in five years, Mike, in five years, we will all be looking back. We'll look at the career of Bryce Young and be saying what? If only he could have stayed healthy. <laughs> All right, I, I wonder if you were to go that way. Yeah,
1: I I, I kind of think he's gonna he's gonna he's gonna be one of those guys that misses some games, and he's probably gonna be really good when he does play. Um, but I think he could end up being very frustrating.
0: In five years, we'll be ta- saying what about Anthony Richardson?
1: Mm. I think you could. I think we'll be saying that he's one of the. 15 to 20 best quarterbacks in the league, but not an elite elite guy. I think,
0: we'll awesome an- I think we'll be saying about I think we'll be saying by Anthony Richardson is we can't believe that he fell so far.
1: That's okay. what I think. Okay. I think
0: he I think I kind of am buying in that he may fall, but if people are gonna be saying I can't I can't believe we let the Ravens get him. That's what we'll all no. be saying. We can't <laughs> believe we let the Ravens get Anthony Richardson.
1: The Ravens getting Richardson and then yeah. trading uh Lamar Jackson yeah. will be peak Ravens.
0: Okay. In five years, we'll be saying what about CJ Stroud?
1: He's one of the ten best quarterbacks in the NFL. Wow,
0: man, you're really yeah. going for it. Uh, I will say cool. that uh, he's good, but not good enough. Is what we're I, I,
1: almost I almost said. Five, almost said five best quarterbacks in the NFL. So in I, five uh, years, we'll be saying what about Will Levis? Uh, he's one of the best fry cooks in all of uh, the McDonald's chains.
0: Told you so. That's what. That <laughs> Okay, in five years we'll be saying, "What about Hendon Hooker?"
1: He's uh, he's really good backup quarterback. Uh, you know, great locker room guy, and but not not a not a starter.
0: Yeah, I, I think like oh, kind of like an expensive Josh Dobbs. Um, okay, so I was thinking about this in the shower because we we just went through that, and we were and. In- I was, I was getting out, and we were kind of in the discussion of talking about you know our expectations for C.J. Stroud in the group chat, our expectations of Anthony Richardson. And it brings me back to something, because you talked about Bryce Young. If only he would have stayed healthy. I put up the data from 2004 to 2022 uh, about technically how many franchise quarterbacks each team has drafted in the first, or how many franchise quarterbacks have been drafted in the first round. These are quarterbacks that have became and uh, got a second a contract with their team. Three in two thousand and four. Everything else is zero, one, or two. Now, Joe Burrow, of Tagovailoa, Jordan Love. That's and Justin Herbert. We know we got two. We don't know if another one will rise out of that. So that may be the next one. But the the data would then show if it was, it'd be sixteen other years before the the next uh, class of you know three plus franchise quarterbacks in yeah. a one draft. Yeah. So that means that technically, at best, only two quarterbacks in this draft class are going to see a second contract from the team that drafts them. Hmm. And you brought it up just now because I've been thinking it's probably Bryce Young and it's probably Anthony Richardson. That would be my guesses of the two franchise quarterbacks. Yeah. But... You brought up something and it made me change my mind a little bit, or at least opened up the door of the possibility that maybe Anthony Richardson isn't the wrong horse to back in that. Maybe it's Bryce Young because of injuries, not because of talent. And if that's the case, then CJ Stroud should come in and maybe be a franchise quarterback and see a second contract. So I've kind of opened the door that he could get a second contract from his team, kind of like what uh Ryan Tannehill did.
1: I really think um I just really, I honestly really think Strauss is going to be really good. I And I know everybody. You're all that, in. But, but he, to me, he brings everything to the table that you want. Um, and like, I know the playmaking stuff, and we've been over this before, but I think he'll be better at it uh, when he's forced to be better at it. He just played in an offense and played with players around him that didn't force him to play out of structure very much. And he was very, very good at staying in structure, which, by the way, is what most. Coaches want their quarterback to do like 90% of the time. Like special playmaking stuff, like I get that's super valuable. And uh you want that, but it is uh it, I just think Stroud's gonna be really good. I think he's gonna be one of those who gets a second contract. It wouldn't surprise me if uh if Richardson was was a guy that gets a second contract or Young. Um I really I do like this quarterback class. I think they're very, very talented um overall and I know everybody's already got like, you know, batting their eyes at the 2024 class, but I mean, that this top four versus the next top four, I mean, I don't know. I I think it's a pretty even heat. I think Caleb Williams is probably the best out of both classes as far as prospects go. But, you know, who knows? By the time we get to next year, he might have a nine S2 test and attitude concerns. And, you know, we're sitting here talking about, oh, I should have got a quarterback last year, you know? So
0: all right. Let's talk about some pre- predictions here, okay? Yeah. What is your biggest, baddest, boldest, hottest draft prediction for tonight?
1: Oh, for tonight, um Give me a second on this. I got I got I got to
0: I got to think a minute. Um I'll go with Okay, I'm going to tell you, Mom, why you're thinking. You were supposed All to have right. already – you were told to have this ready. So you uh, supposed to already have this. I, I, I told you I, two I, days ago.
1: I thought it was for the whole draft, not for uh,
0: – oh. well, well, you could do one for the whole draft, but mine is the Bills will trade up for B. B. John Robinson. That's my biggest, baddest, boldest, hottest take that they're going to trade up for B. John Robinson.
1: All right. I'll, uh, I will say uh, – I'm going to say that the Eagles trade into the top uh, trade up from 10 okay. into the top, let's say four or five and okay. go get, uh, I'm going to say they're going to go up to get
0: Jalen Carter. Ooh, interesting. Be, yeah. that, I think their fans would be pretty mad about that. Yeah, uh, so? I think so because I mean, like, is that the missing piece? You just drafted a Georgia lineman, Jordan Davis, and Jalen Carter. And I don't know. It just seems.
1: They, they do love to get those. They the, love them. The pass rushers. I but mean, they just paid
0: Fletcher Cox too. like, I don't know. It was
1: only like a one year deal.
0: Yeah. I don't know. It just seems odd, but that's a big, bad bull take. I mean, that qualifies, right?
1: Yeah.
0: Okay. Here's some players that I think people are going to be wrong about in a good way or bad way. So, Either people are too high on them and they're going to flame out. So they're wrong about that, or people are too low on them and they're going to be really good. And people are going to be wrong about that. I'm going to go and we got three. And there's like one, I got one collection. So we're supposed to have three apiece. I don't know if you got three apiece. But my first one I want to talk about is Lucas Van Ness. I think people are going to be so wrong about Lucas Van Ness. I think he is a part time college player who couldn't see the field. He only had one game where he played like 50% of the snaps in his college career. He has one move and I think that people think that they're going to find be magical and get like JJ Watt and TJ Watt, that's who he's going to be cuz he's white and he's big. <laughs> but I think that people are going to be totally wrong about Lucas Fenness and I don't think the NFL is going to be as high on him anyway. But I think that people are going to be totally wrong about Lucas fenness He'll be nothing more than kind of like an AJ Espeonet Noza who is okay, but he doesn't really do anything. But at worst, he's probably Taven Bryant.
1: Interesting. Yeah, I I actually like uh, that one a good bit. Um, I think my first one that I'll throw out there is I think people are going to be wrong on. Uh... <coughs> excuse me um I think people are gonna be wrong on Tyree Wilson I I just I know everyone's putting him as a blue chipper I just I, don't did, I did
0: not put him as a blue chipper on my blue my, he's not one of my 12
1: I, I mean everyone he's almost seems like he's a lot to be a top five pick at this point the production to me is not quite there um there's just like there's issues with the get-off I I, I know he's like big and long and athletic and he's got a lot of like traits but To me, as a top five player, I I just do not see it. I think he's going to be a pretty average NFL pass rusher. Um, I think he's going to be more of a, you know, Charles Aminahu than a, you know, dominant like you know whoever Miles Garrett type or or what you would usually consider like a top five pick type edge rusher. So I I think people are way off on Tyree Wilson as far as how good he's going to be. Uh,
0: uh, QC Haku is a big, big, huge. Lucas Van Ness fan. He played the most snaps of all edge players at Iowa and Iowa rotates often to keep players fresh. It has nothing to do with his ability. The the, the problem is that he only has one pass rush move, but the problem is he's going to be asked to play a lot more snaps than what he's used to. Good luck with that conditioning and being ready and not getting burnt out. Anyway, that's, that's my thing. Uh, I think also people are going to be totally wrong on Josh Downs and Tankdale. I do not think First, I don't think that they're going to go in the first two rounds, either of them. I actually think they're going to be third or later, and I think Tank Dale may be in the fifth. I don't think that those players are going to be as good as everybody says they are because they are just too damn small. I'm sorry. Zay Flowers is borderline, but they are too damn small. They're not going to be able to do what they – I just see Calvin Austin. I see Dwayne Eskridge, those guys that we all thought were going to be something because they played against lesser competition. And these two guys play against lesser competition. I don't care how athletic they are. I don't care about anything. I think that the NFL draft nerd world will be wrong about those two players.
1: What, what was the guy that uh, the Rams took from Louisville? Uh, uh, Tutu ago? Atwell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see, I see some of that in them, too. Um, I, think, I think people are going to be wrong about Jameer Gibbs. Being a first round pick,
0: I, I you just, do. I, I kind of I, think it's going to be. It happens. I, mean, happen. I the Eagles have a second pick.
1: I think he may end up being picked in the first round, but I don't think he's going to be a first round type player. Like everyone keeps throwing out this Alvin Kamara co- comparison. Jameer Gibbs is 190 something pounds. Alvin Kamara is like 225. It, they are very different players. Like Alvin Kamara, I, I get like the stylistically, like the, the slashing, you know, the, the, Burst and everything like that. I get the pass catching. I get that part of it. But Kamara, part of the thing that is so good about him is he does all that at two twenty five, and he's a load to bring down. Like he's extremely strong in his lower body, and I just do not see that from Gibbs. I think Gibbs is going to be more of a regular, run of the mill, like pass catching running back that doesn't do a ton for you between the tackles, unless it's blocked up perfectly. I I just
0: I, I think you're looking at Tony Pollard at best. Like, yeah. I, I think that's a good comp for him. I mean, I also think Tajay Spears is that that kind of comp, but I I do think he's going to go in the first round. I almost had in my mock draft yesterday because this this first round has me in such turmoil. I just, I hate it. I, I hate this first round mock draft that I've done that I almost had him going to the Bills. Oh, wow. I, yeah, I, is, that's, you know, I, I think he's going in the first round. I think there's just too much to like. But I agree with you that it's it's very much. I think people are going to look at Tony Pollard and think, and Antonio Gibson and these guys that are the smaller pass catching running backs. And if you're the Bills, you got James Cook, right? It, James Cook is Dalvin Cook, and then you take him off the field and you get a better version of Devin Singletary. I don't know. Like I I, I kind of think that there is an option for there's a role for him. As a first-round pick, but I don't. Th- I think the people who think that he's better than Bijan Robinson
1: are I think that's insane. Crazy. Yeah, that I is think that's insane.
0: Totally crazy. Uh-huh. Okay, my other guy that I think everybody's gonna be wrong about, but this is because I think he's gonna be really good, and I think he's gonna go higher than people expect. Jaden Reed, baby, oh,
1: yeah. I'm, I'm all in. I just,
0: I, I just can't. I'm not gonna escape it. I'm gonna if I'm gonna lean in, uh, I'm not gonna lean in anything fifty percent of the way. I'm leaning in. A hundred percent. And I think that Jaden Reed is going to go much higher than what he's projected to go, which I think is like fourth or fifth round. I think he's going to go higher. And I think he's going to be one of the best wide receivers in this draft class.
1: Yeah. My guy, I I will go a similar pick. There is Marvin Mims. I think Marvin Mims is going to be way better than what any of the projections have him right now. I I cannot believe that most of the people I see are still have him in like the going in like the third round, Um, which to me is nuts. Like he size wise, I know is, is on the smaller side, but so are like all these other guys like Josh Downs. And like, I, I know Jalen Hyatt is taller, but weight wise, they're about the same. In fact, I think Mims outweighs Hyatt pretty substantially. Um, I think Mims is going to be a way better NFL player than Hyatt was. I, I think if you put Marvin Mims in the Tennessee offense, he would have gone even more nuts than Hyatt did. Um, I think he's just flat out a better player. So I, I think Marvin Mims is going to be one of the better wide receivers from this class, like one of the best two or three guys to come out of this class. And I think somebody is going to get an absolute steal on him in day two if uh, if he falls. I mean, I I just think it's crazy that he has not gotten more buzz.
0: Okay, Mike. Let's let's do uh, a, a couple of uh, Titans related predictions. Okay. Over under number of picks they make in this NFL draft. We're gonna set it at five point five. I feel like that's probably appropriate because mm-hmm. they have six. Yeah. So five point five. Are they gonna have less or more than five point five picks? Over easy. Over easy. easy. Yeah. Do you think I set that too low? What would you have set it at? I think you yeah, guys set it at six point five. Oh, 6. I think 5. Go other side. Would and you I still, still, go go okay. yeah, still go over? Yeah. I'm going to go under, because I because th- this leads into the next question. Do the Titans trade up? Yes, Give they a do. Percentage.
1: I think they trade up. I think they trade up. I think it's like, I, I'm going to say 80%. Yeah, I'm okay. 80% that they're going to trade up. And I think they do it, but they use next year's picks, future year's picks to do it, and they keep 41 and 72.
0: So that brings me to 41. There is nobody that I think that the Titans should trade up for from 41. Right. Do you think that they trade back from 41 to pick up more picks?
1: If they trade up in the first, I definitely could see them trading back from uh, uh, 41. I could also see them, I still think, and maybe this is a, I may, you may be about to ask me this, but I also think that they're going to trade a veteran during the draft.
0: That, that was going to be my next question. But so trade down. So how many trades do you think they make? Now, if the player is included in a pick swap, that's obviously one trade. So if they trade up and the players traded, but how many we're going to set it out? I guess you would set it at uh, 1.5 trades yeah, over over 1.5 yeah. trades. I, I'm with you on that. I, I kind of feel like there's going to be a lot of movement with the Tennessee Titans. Um, Kevin Byard, chances he gets traded this weekend.
1: Mm, I think it's like 10%. Okay.
0: I think that's exactly the number that popped in my head, too. Derrick Henry gets traded this
1: weekend 40%. Okay.
0: I would say I'm going to go 60%. Ryan okay. Tannehill gets traded. I'll say
1: 50% on that.
0: All right. I'm going to go, I'm going to go, uh, it really depends on if they trade up, but I think I'll go 65%.
1: Because if they if they trade for Stroud, they're going to look to move Tannehill, right? Yeah, like right, surely.
0: Do you think the how many players? So we're going to set it at one point five. How many players will be drafted that visited the team? Drafted, not undrafted free agents. Uh, I'll say three, three. So that'd be over. I'll I'll say two. So I'll still be over. Okay. They walk away. With how many wide receivers in this draft? In the, I'll say two, two. Yeah, I think that's a good. I think that's a good point. The the I, I we got a couple of questions, so let me go up to the questions. And I think this is a good comp from Bama Brad, and I wish I would have thought of it. Travis Etienne oh, about Jimmy I thought yeah, that was very agree. good. Okay, let's scroll up here. Um. Give 17 to the Falcons to get up to eight. If Schrager's mocking them to take CJ for a steal, that makes Atlanta the division favor and they can land Bijan 11, right? In theory, yes, but I think that they just like Ritter and I think that the trade back, I don't think they want, I don't think they want a player in a trade back. I think they're going to want just extra picks in a trade back.
1: Yeah, I'd, I would be interested. It would be interesting to know whether they would have interest in Tannehill because I do think, I normally would have said there's no way because he doesn't fit their timeline that I think they're just going for more of a slow build and, and they'll really hit it in 24 or 25, somewhere around there. But with them signing like Calais Campbell and some of these moves that they've made that seem to be more like, Hey, we're going to go try to make the playoffs this year. I could see maybe that they would have interest in Tannehill and say, you know, look, we like Ritter. We still think he's going to develop, but you know, we need to throw Tannehill in here to give him some competition and make sure that we're covered at quarterback, so that we can go win this division. That's very winnable. Because I, I mean, honestly, the Falcons like are, are the Falcons or the Saints the favorites to win that division right now? Because I, I think it, it's got to be one of those two, right?
0: Yeah, that's what I feel like. I feel I. The Panthers have done a lot with their coaching staff that they they could if Bryce Young can play. The full if, set games, you know. If what the saying?
1: quarterback is, yeah. But I mean, it, that's asking a lot for a rookie quarterback.
0: Uh we we did talk about this. Do we trade Daniel this weekend if we take Stroud tonight? We both kind of think so. Do you think they have a trade deal already in place for Ryan Daniel, Derek Henry, Kevin Byer in order to trade up? Would they do trade without having a plan to get capital back? You, sometimes you just have to do the trade without a plan to get capital back unless you're talking about maybe they trade back like we kind of thought forty one, I think is the best prime opportunity outside of eleven in this draft for them to trade back. I think it's a prime opportunity for, sure. for other teams that want a linebacker that want a cornerback, that maybe want a position that the Titans are cool waiting on. That Titans, would be a prime yeah that would be a prime position. Uh, I don't know if they already have a deal for Ryan Tannehill, Henry, and Byron in place. Maybe like kind of like conversations, but probably not a full-on deal. If I had to guess,
1: yeah, I would kind of think that they would have at least have had conversations and know that this team is interested, and this would be roughly the price if they were to make a move with Tannehill. Like I, I think they probably already sketched out the outlines of what is available out there and and know heading into the draft what that looks like.
0: Um. Let's see here. The do you think we get one of the bigger wideouts? Tillman, Mingo, and Perry are the two exam or the three examples he gave.
1: I would. I mean, normally I would say yes because that's been their preference over the last few years. Um, we'll see what. Like, I, I think that that'll be pretty telling how they treat the the receivers. Um, will be pretty telling as far as whether the large receivers thing was a. John Robinson deal, or if it was a Mike rabel deal, I, t- I tend to lean towards it being a
0: uh, kind of a Lynch deal too. Like it's kind of almost yeah. it feels like maybe it's a Shanahan system deal. Yeah,
1: could be. Um, which I mean, it is. And I know <laughs> I, I shouldn't even say it. Don't say it. it. Gonna cringe. But hey, being able to go in and dig out the safeties is a big deal in this offense.
0: well I like <laughs> Jaden Reed because he could do that. He could do it. Uh, oh God. I, I know.
1: I know. I almost let us get out of a pod without saying digging out safeties, but yeah, I'm just not
0: Final prediction for the Titans tonight. What are they going to do that? You are like, I am. What is the, what are you most convicted about?
1: I think they're trading up to three to get Stroud. I, I think that's what's going to happen.
0: I, I feel, I feel like you're right. Uh, that's where I'm at. Give me some scenarios that would piss you off, make you furious. Because I did that today. Then people like to interject their own feelings. And I'm like, go make your own fucking list. Don't get off, get off my <laughs> list. This is what would make me furious. And I I put out today, and I'll give you, if you haven't read it, because I know you, you're you kind of busy in the morning. So if you haven't read it, I will read it to you. So these uh, are the things that the Titans can do tonight. Oh, man. it's Of course, it's uh going to freeze up on me here. because. The Twitter app for the Mac on the desktop is atrocious. By the way, yeah, it's, it's
1: pretty bad on. Uh,
0: um, so anyway, let me get here. So these are the things that would make me furious. Like I would be so pissed off that it's gonna be it's gonna be incredible the the content I make. You remember when I was really drunk and they drafted Isaiah Wilson? Oh uh, yeah, I did. It's gonna be it's gonna be like that. It's going to be like that. Here it is. Draft Will Levis at all. doesn't matter where they draft him. I don't care if they draft him in the sixth round. If they draft Will Levis, I've just said uh, that you're just burning your pick. Draft Zay Flowers at 1.11. That will send me into a tirade. Pass on JSN with no quarterbacks on the board. So if like there's no quarterbacks, by the time that they are at 11, they pass on JSN for any player other than JSN. I'll probably be pretty furious. Now, Paris Johnson Jr., I think he's going to go before that. There's obvious exceptions, but for the large part, it's probably going to make me really furious if they draft like Lucas Van Ness instead of JSN. Drafting Lucas Van Ness at 1.11, any ridiculous reaches, like I think that if you drafted Brian Branch, even though he's a blue chip player, would drive me absolutely fucking nuts, especially if there's like no Kevin Bayard trade that follows suit. And drafting Hidden Hooker at 1.11. I. I would be mad, but not furious, if they drafted Hendon Hooker at all. But furious draft Hendon Hooker at one point eleven. So give me some. What's going to make you mad?
1: A trade up for anything but CJ Stroud, or I, I will. Yeah, I'll just say a trade up for anyone but CJ Stroud to me would be a total mistake. Um. So I don't. I don't want to see them move up for anybody but Stroud. Uh, the other ones. Taking a defensive player uh, without a trade down being involved, I would be totally pissed about um i i look i I definitely want them to go best player available, but they've got to find a way to make it on offense <laughs> like i i I know like sometimes the board just falls the way it does, and like maybe you're maybe maybe fucking yeah, you know, I don't know, will Anderson falls to them somehow or something like that. I I just don't want them to take a defender without trading down because this team needs so much on offense. They have some pieces to build around on defense. You have nothing to build around on offense right now. Um go find somebody to build around on offense. That's all I ask. Uh, other things that would piss me off. Um yeah, like you said a massive reach where it was like, "Oh, this guy was, you know, mostly considered a 30th uh, overall player and you took him at 11." Um let's see. Uh, I think that's pretty much it that would really like make me uh, well Levis would probably make me pretty mad especially if it was picked over other quarterbacks that I like better um which are most of them. Um yeah, I think that's probably the list for me.
0: Here's to hoping that the Tennessee Titans do not settle for Will Levis. Like do not settle for a quarterback just just don't. All right. That was a lot to get to. That was the NFL Draft Mega Extravaganza Fest Ultimate Edition 2023. We enjoyed it. We actually really didn't go as long as I thought. I actually stretched it out over the hour with some extra stuff. But make sure in the description, on the YouTube videos, on the Facebook videos, on both Broadway Sports, 440 Sports, those respective social platforms, click the link to get your ticket while they're available because I have no clue if they're going to be available. Make sure that you have notifications on for football and other efforts Twitter account for the four forty sports Twitter account or the YouTube page for four forty sports or the Facebook page for four forty sports. turn on those notifications at those specific places for sure. So subscribe and noti- and turn on your notifications that way when the pick when the Titans go live, we go live. It may be a little bit of a delay, but we're gonna try and get, do it as fast as we can because we got you know, we're at a party. We gotta get the equipment out, put it together. But we'll go live for our reactions, our analysis, everything that you need for the Tennessee Titans is going to be between me, Mike, Braden, possibly some other guests. Make sure that you are tuned in for all of that. See you guys tonight. We'll talk to you guys later. Have a happy draft day. Have a happy draft weekend. If if they don't get the player that you want, it's going to be okay. And and listen, unless they draft Will Levis, and (laughs) And listen, pull the panic alarm
1: the Titans are not going to leave the first round with all of their needs fulfilled. So like rather than whoever they pick, whether it's quarterback, wide receiver or offensive line, whatever, rather than wringing your hands over, well, what are they going to do about whatever position? Just enjoy the pick. You, you get, you're going to get one pick tonight. Like the odds of them actually trading back up into having a second round, first round pick very unlikely. So you're going to get one pick. They're going to fill one need and it, they can't fill them all tonight. It's it. We're, and they won't fill patient. them all
0: by the end of Sunday. When Sunday rolls Correct. around or Saturday night's over, all the needs will not be filled. They'll be all right. If your expectations for this team are still Super Bowl heading into this year, you got to reevaluate your life choices.
1: Yeah. I mean, look around <laughs> the AFC. It, this <laughs> it is not, not a Super Bowl contender. No matter who they land tonight or tomorrow or or any other day of this draft, it is. this is a... Team that would be fun to be competitive this year, and then we'll see about 2024.
0: Yeah, we'll see. We'll see about later. At yeah. the end of the day, enjoy the draft. It's been a long journey to get here. I'm Zach Lyons. You follow me on Twitter at EffortsPod. He's Mike Kerndon. You can follow him on Twitter at MikeKerndonNFL. PaulKarski.com is where you can see all of his written work analysis. Back in inbox.com is where you see all my written work and analysis, and there'll be a lot of it I'm sure we're going to get into after the draft. There's going to be a lot of hot takes flying around. Just make sure you subscribe to this podcast, to this YouTube channel, Facebook channel, whatever. you're Turn on those notifications. And just listen to me and Mike. I wouldn't listen to any other analysis out there. Just listen to me and Mike. That's all I care. Yeah. You can skip the rest of it. Yeah, skip it. Just Bunch subscribe Subscribe to paulkarski.com and subscribe to Stacking the Inbox. And guess what? It, it will cost you less than $10 a month to subscribe to both. That's that's perfect. That's a perfect combination to get all the analysis that you need. So just subscribe to all those. If you got other subscriptions, cancel them. If you got HBO Max, <laughs> you keep it. But if you got it's Stars, cool. as, as soon cancel as Stars.
1: Sessions, as soon as Succession's over, you can cancel HBO Max for a little yeah. bit. A little bit,
0: probably. Yeah. Cancel Stars. Oh, for cancel sure. Cancel Showtime. Yeah. Uh, of course, yeah. I mean, just just subscribe. That that right Hulu, there give you some money. You can afford you can afford us. If you cancel all that, or quit going to Starbucks if you're still going to Starbucks and I haven't subscribed. That's, that's how you save money. For Mike Kerndon, I'm Zach Lyons. This has been Football and Other Efforts. Mega Draft NFL Extravaganza! Woo! Best Ultimate Pu- Edition 2023. And you have just been effed.